The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. Good morning, everybody. Say good morning to your neighbor to the left and to the right. As we are aware today, we are looking at dare to grow. Dare to grow. The truth is, somewhere inside nearly every one of us, every human being, is that desire to be great. We all want to be great. Hopefully, you want to be great. And you will be great in the name of Jesus. You are going to be completely limitless in the mighty name of Jesus. Greatness is that seed of greatness has been put in you, put in us by God. We want to be great. We want to be, we want to be great at all that we do. None of us want to just come to earth and go back without leaving an impact. None of us want to just come to life on earth and, you know, and was gone. And, and we can't even tell what value um, the person has added. Everyone wants to add value. Everyone should want to add value. Everyone should want to leave a legacy. Everyone should want to leave a mark you want to be the best doctor you want to leave a mark in medicine you could be a teacher you want to leave a mark in in education or academia you you may be a radio presenter you want to leave a mark in the media industry you may be an actor you want to leave a mark a mark in nollywood a mark in hollywood a mark in bollywood you want to leave a mark you want to leave a mark. You're a mom. You want to leave a mark. You want to leave a mark. You're a dad. You want to leave a mark. There is that desire in you that wants to be great. And God will bring it to fruition in the name of Jesus. While we all can be great, but not all of us can be the greatest there is. That's, that's just the truth. We all can be great. We have all been designed for greatness, but not all of us will be the greatest there is. If you're a medical doctor, not every medical doctor will be the greatest physician there is. Not every musician will be Mozart or the greatest musician there is. Not every put your vocation would be the greatest there is. Not every footballer would be the greatest there is. Not every footballer would be a Pele, you know, or a Messi, or a Ronaldo, or any in that caliber. Not many, not many, not many, not many footballers would be the best. Not many musicians would be the best there is. The greatest there is. Not many 
leaders will be the best leaders there is. If we look at nation Nigeria, we've had 13 presidents. Do you know? Nigeria has had 13 presidents. And in the nation of, you could say, almost 400 million people have lived as Nigerians, if not more. We've only had 13 from independence, 13 presidents out of about 400 million people. 13. 13. Not everybody will be at the pinnacle. In the US, for instance, they've been only 45 presidents. The nation probably has half a billion, half a, yeah, half a billion, yeah, half a billion people that have lived from their independence till date. But they've had only 45 presidents. So what are you saying, Pastor? What I'm saying is this. While not all of us can be the greatest there is, each of us can be the greatest he or she can be. While we cannot all be the greatest there is, but you can be the greatest version of you. You can be the greatest, put your name there, I can be the greatest Fermi Munei that God designed so by the time it's all said and done, I would have achieved the greatest potential that I can ever achieve. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that by the time it's all said and done, you will have achieved the greatest height that you can possibly achieve in the name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. It's, it's huge, it's, it's so powerful that you realize that while you cannot be the greatest there is ever, you may not be, you can be, but you may, the probability is slim. However, what you can surely be is the greatest version of yourself. You can definitely be that. And that is what you should strive and work towards being. So, and to be the greatest you can be, you have to grow. Everyone say grow. <laughs> to be the greatest you can be, you have to grow. You have to grow. You have to grow. And guess what? All of us can grow. If you have breath in your nostrils, you can grow. Don't say, oh, but pastor, um, I've had my time, you know, and all, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. Listen, you can still grow. Everyone alive can still grow. And it takes courage to grow. You have to dare to grow. You have to dare to grow. Make up your mind that I will grow. Everyone say, I will grow. You need to grow. You need to stop being childish. You need to grow. You need to grow. You need to stop being petty. You need to grow. The greatest version of you is not petty. You know, no, 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 no. You need to mature. You need to stop keeping malice. You need to mature. You need to stop bickering. You need to mature. You need to grow. You need to grow. And it takes courage. It takes courage to grow. Listen, the fact that 
you have potential doesn't mean that you don't need to grow to fulfill that potential. So people have potentials and never fulfill the potentials because they never grew. They didn't grow to become the best version of, of themselves. Listen, no one on earth can compare that has ever lived or will ever live can compare to Jesus. Jesus is the express image of the invisible God. Jesus is, if you want to see the Father, once you can behold the Father, the person you will see is, is Jesus. Jesus had the greatest potential, if you will, ever. But guess what? Jesus had to grow. The Bible says, and the, and, and the boy grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. He grew in favor with men and with God. In the name of Jesus, you will grow in wisdom. You will grow in stature. You will grow in favor with men and with God in the mighty name of Jesus. If Jesus had to grow, my brother, you have to grow. If Jesus have to, had, had to grow, my sister, you have to grow. Don't say, oh, pastor, but I am, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not a child. Do I need to grow? <laughs> yes, you need to grow. Particularly if you're an adult, which most of us are, it takes more courage to grow as an adult. It takes more courage. It takes more courage to rediscover yourself, to reinvent yourself, to take that book and read it. It takes more courage to take that mindset and lay it aside. Because many times, many people are held back because of a wrong paradigm, a wrong mindset. It takes courage. It takes courage to dance to the tune of the music that only you can hear. It takes courage when nobody else can hear the music of heaven, that the music that heaven is playing for you. Only you can hear that music. It takes courage to begin to dance to that music and begin to dance and people will think you are crazy, but you are still dancing because you can hear that music that nobody else can hear. It takes courage. It takes courage to take the turn when everybody else is going in another direction. It takes courage. It takes courage to grow. And I pray in the name of Jesus that God will infuse you with the required courage. Say amen. Amen. So five things about growth for starters. Then we look at the dynamics of growth, how, how it works, how it really works in God, with God. But five things about growth for starters. Number one, growth is not automatic. Growth is not automatic. Everybody say growth is not automatic. You can be born male, but it takes growth to become a man. I'm sure you've heard it before. The fact that you're a male does not make you a man. The fact that you have bia bia and you have 
the voice does not make you a man. It, it makes you male. So you can be male and not a man. Oof. And, you know, of course you can be, you can be female and not a, a mature a woman. It takes being deliberate. It takes making the right choices to be a man. It takes making the right choices to be an adult so you can be old and yet a child. You can be old and yet a child. The fact that you have been around does not guarantee that you have grown. It doesn't. It doesn't. First Peter chapter 1 from verse 1, 1 Peter 1, 1 says to us, so get rid of all evil behavior. So you see that if you want to grow, you need to choose to get rid of all evil behavior. Get rid of it. Get rid of them. Be done. Which evil behavior? Like, Pastor, which evil behavior? Be done with all deceit. If you want to, if you want to grow, you have to be done with deceit today in the name of Jesus. Be done with hypocrisy. Be done with jealousy. Be done with all kind of unkind speech. And once you, are, once you put those aside, be done with them, then like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Cry out. So growth is not automatic. Growth only happens when the conditions for growth are met. Growth only happens when the conditions for growth are met. If you have a baby, you must meet the conditions for growth. The conditions for growth are many too. If you've, I mean, you know, our mothers will tell us, uh, those of us that have been blessed to take care of infants, you know, and children, they will tell you two main things. Number one, safe environment. Make sure your children have a safe environment. Number two, good nutrition. So make sure that they are well nourished, that you are feeding them well with the right kind of food and the right quality as, and all that stuff. So if you have those two things, those are the conditions for growth. The environment and the nutrition mainly are the conditions for growth. The environment and the nutrition. The environment and the nutrition. The same for us. For you to grow, it is not automatic. It is not automatic. You must meet the conditions for growth. So while growth must happen over time, passage of time does not always result in growth. We've explained that earlier on. So growth must happen over time. The, you cannot force growth. The corn takes a period of time to grow from, from, from the, 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 the shoot to become fully fledged, ready to harvest corn. 
it, that period of time must happen. However, the fact that the period of time has happened doesn't mean that the corn will be mature for harvest. I mean, I'm sure Pastor K can tell us, or those that are farmers, they can tell us that let's say that tomatoes take three months, let's say. I don't know. I'm not a farmer. I'm not a farmer. So, let's say potatoes, let's say potatoes, tomatoes takes three months. Tomatoes take three months. Let, let's assume. It's an assumption. If it is not, it's okay. It's just an assumption. Let's say it takes three months. All other conditions being equal, in the right conditions, the normal conditions, I'm not talking about accelerated or, or scientifically um, uh, modified versions. In the normal conditions, if you plant the tomatoes, it will take three months. It must take three months, plus or minus. It, it is, that is the gestation period. It will. Time is required for growth. You cannot force that tomato to grow faster by yourself. Time is required. However, because it is three months you've planted the tomatoes, does not mean you get a good yield. Does not mean the tomatoes will mature. So time alone does not determine maturity. There are people that are old. They've gone through life. They have time has happened, but they have not grown. They have not grown. While growth must happen over time, passage of time does not always result in growth. In growth. And as a believer, you have to make up your mind. I must grow. I must grow. As a wife, as a husband, you must make up your mind. I must grow. Enough of being a child. Enough of being um, 40 year old and in diapers. Enough. Enough. I must grow. I dare to grow. You must make up your mind. You must make up your mind. In Hebrews chapter 5, Hebrews 5 verse 12, it says, You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others by now. So you've been believers for so long. You ought to be teaching others. There are people that come to me and they say, Oh, Pastor, let us pray, let us sort this out. And I'm like, by now, I should be trusting you to help me sort it, this kind of things out for people. Know that you'll be coming to me by now to help you sort this out. It's a basic things. It's a basic things. Since you have been believers so long now, that you ought to be teaching others. Since instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. It's saying that a time should come when you are able to eat solid food. A time should come when you stop drinking milk and you start eating solid food. But you are still big. You are so big now, and you are still taking the feeding bottle. Something is wrong with that. Spiritually, something is wrong with that. It is not okay 
for you to have gone through time and not grow. It is not okay for you to be in church for X number of years and yet you are still keeping malice. It is not okay for you to be in church, a Christian, for X number of years and you still gossip. It is not okay. It is not okay. It is, it is not okay. You need to dare to grow. You need to dare to grow. Everybody say, I decide to continue growing. I will not stop growing in the name of Jesus. So the first thing we see about growth is that growth is not automatic. It isn't. Growth isn't automatic. And the second thing is, is follows from, from there, like the fact that you are responsible for your growth. So, so one, growth is not automatic. Two, you are responsible. I'm responsible for my growth. You are responsible for your growth. Your wife is not responsible for your growth. Your husband is not responsible for your growth. You are responsible for your growth. But guess what? Now, this, this is going to shock you. Guess what? Your pastor is not responsible for your growth. <laughs> you are responsible for your growth. Your pastor should feed you, but you have to eat the food. Your pastor should teach you the word, but you have to receive the word and wrestle with the word. You are responsible for your growth. Everybody say, I am responsible for my growth. Amen. First Peter 1, again, verse 1. If you check, we see, it says, so get read. Now, who's responsible for that? Who's responsible for the getting read? You. Get read. It didn't say, pray for an angel to get read of. It didn't say, ask your pastor to help you get read of. It didn't say, ask your brother or your sister to help you get rid of. It says, get rid. You, get rid. My brother, my sister, get rid of all evil behavior. Be done. Be done. With all the seats. Be done. It is your call. Be done with all the seats. Be done with hypocrisy. Be done with jealousy and all kinds, all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave, you must crave pure spiritual milk. And he says, you have to cry out for nourishment. You are responsible. So you are responsible. For your growth. The next thing about growth is that growth is visible. Growth is visible. You know, so you cannot say, oh, I'm spiritually mature. I'm the only one. That, God knows I'm spiritual. I'm the most mature person in this place. No, growth is visible. We can tell when you grow. We can tell. You know, people deceive themselves and say, oh, you never can tell who is the most mature person in this relationship, only God knows. No, we also know. We also know. We can, we can see. Because <laughs> growth is visible. Remember the story in Mark 11. And in Mark 11, 12 to 25, Jesus 
looked at the fig tree and he expected to have fruit from it. Why does Jesus want to look at a tree and expect fruit from it? Because growth is visible. Growth is visible. We should expect fruit from your life because growth is visible. Don't get it twisted. Growth is visible. Is visible. Now, why we get things mixed up is this. The things that pertain to growth, a lot of the things that bring about growth are not visible. However, growth itself is visible. So a lot of the things that bring about growth are not visible. But growth is visible. So if you are preoccupied with those things that bring about growth, and we cannot see the growth, there's a problem because you're like the fig tree that has, has taken roots downwards. The things that we cannot see it has. It is, it is, it is, it is encumbering fertile ground. It has branches, it has leaves, it has some minerals inside it that we cannot see. So it should produce fruit. You are saying, oh, I have devotion with Jesus. I have my quiet time. I'm praying. My prayer life is solid. Oh, I, am, I, 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 I fast three days without water. When I am praising God, my whole house is shaking. But we cannot see the fruit. You are still brash. You abuse anybody you want to abuse. You are still evil-hearted. You are still stealing. You are still lying. You, I mean, so it is a problem. It's a problem. Say, oh, but if God comes here, God knows that you'll be surprised who the most spiritual person is. Uh, because it's the person that is praying 30 hours in the closet. All well and good. May that 30 hours produce fruits. Otherwise, zilch. Growth is visible. Growth is visible. If a man is temperate in all things, the man has grown. The man has grown. So, the invisible part of growth exists. However, the invisible part of growth always produces the visible fruits that we desire. So, if you claim to have a solid relationship with Jesus. Praise God for that. If you claim to spend 50 hours a day in Bible study, praise God for that. If you claim to fast and do all that privately, praise God for that. But guess what? Those things must lead to physical fruit. Otherwise, Jesus will not be pleased with you. 2 Timothy 2, 15. It says, Work hard so that you can present yourself to God. Receive whose approval? His approval. God's approval. Be a good worker. One who does not need to be ashamed who correctly explains the word of truth. So if you have the approval of God, it, you will be able to explain the word of truth. In other words, if you have the approval of God in the closet that we cannot see, you will bring value to us that we can, 
that we can see. That we can see. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Studying is a private thing. I, I don't see anyone that studies publicly. Yeah, I mean, if you are serious, you don't. How many people have you seen on Instagram? Their reels is they are, they are, they are studying their Bible. As they are reading their Bible, they put it on the on 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 on, on live live reels on on Instagram. How many people? Not not many. Why? Because study is a closet issue. You stay there with God. However, studying will bear fruit when you receive God's approval. Do I get an amen? Amen. So it is the little things that no one sees that produces the big things that everybody wants. Growth is visible. Growth is visible. So number one, growth is not automatic. Number two, you are responsible for your growth. Number three, growth is visible. Number four, growth can be painful and uncomfortable. Growth can be painful and uncomfortable. Someone once said, be not afraid of discomfort. If you can't put yourself in a situation where you are uncomfortable, then you will never grow. You will never change. You will never learn. You have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. You have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. You are facing a lot of challenges. You have to be comfortable knowing that you will prevail and you will grow in the name of Jesus. Hebrews 12, 11, Hebrews 12, 11 says to us that no discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It is painful. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Who are trained in this way. Hallelujah. Growth can be painful and uncomfortable. So number one, growth is not automatic. Number two, you are responsible for your growth. Number three, growth is visible. Number four, growth is painful and uncomfortable. Number five, growth is rewarded. Hallelujah. Growth is rewarded. When you grow, you are rewarded. You are rewarded. When you grow in your marriage, you are rewarded. When you grow in your finances, you are rewarded. When you grow in your relationships, you are rewarded. When you grow in all the areas of your life, you are rewarded. But all that is rooted in personal growth. You cannot grow in your marriage if you don't grow. You cannot grow in your finances if you don't grow. You cannot grow in your relationships if you don't grow. So you growing affects every other thing and growth is rewarded. Amen. You will be rewarded for your growth in the mighty name of Jesus. So Hebrews 12, 11 that we see, that we saw earlier on, rather, it says, no discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It is painful. It says, but afterwards, everybody say afterwards, afterwards there will be a peaceful harvest 
of righteousness, of right living for those who are trained in this way, who are trained in this way. So, growth is not automatic. Number one. Number two, you are responsible for your growth. Number three, growth is visible. Number four, growth can be painful and uncomfortable. Number five, growth is rewarded. Growth is rewarded. As we segue into the mystery of growth, you know, and, and it's, it's such that it's a mystery because growth is a collaboration between God and man. Growth is a collabo, is a collaboration <laughs> between God and man. There is a God path to growth, and there is a man path to growth. God will not do your part, and you cannot do God's part. You see, for you to grow, you must understand that you can't do God's part in this process. And guess what? God will not do your part in this process. God will not do your part. You have to do your part to grow. But guess what? Even though your part to grow, God must do his part to grow. Otherwise, you know, nothing will happen. Same thing. Ask the farmer. You must do your part to grow. After you have planted the seed, God must do his part. Yes, God has put those systems in place, but it is still God that will do his part. The seed must germinate and grow. That is completely out of your control. Completely. Completely. If you like, stay there, don't sleep. It's not going to change anything. If you like, don't go home. It's not going to change anything. So once you plant your seed, secure your farm and go home. Why? Because it's now in God's hands. It's not in your hands. Growth has two components. Same thing. If you, if you, if you are uh, raising a, a child or raising children, you know that you feed them, the growth is God that brings it. It's the same thing. You, you shield them, you protect them, you feed them, but growth comes from God. In your personal life, same thing. You have to do your bit, but guess what? God must bring the growth. If you don't do your bit, then you've, it's dead on arrival. There can be no growth. If you do your bit, then God has to do his bit. Because if he doesn't, then there can be no growth. But he has promised he will do his bit. So that's why Paul would say to the Corinthians church, who is Paul and who is Apollos? Paul plants Apollo waters, but the increase is of God. The increase is of God. It is God that brings the growth. It is God that brings the growth. It is God that brings the growth. But Paul has to plant. Apollos has to water for God to bring the growth. So, so the man path has to be done. The planting has to be done. The watering has to be done. But guess what? The increase also has to be done. You cannot bring the increase. You cannot bring the increase. You can only plant. You can only water. Only God can bring the increase. So for growth to happen, there is a God part and 
there is a man part. Everyone say God part, man part. First Corinthians 3 9 says that we are co laborers with God. We are laborers together with God. We are laborers together with God. We are laborers together with God. We work with God on this matter. For you to grow personally, because it affects everything else in your life. There's a man part, there's a part you have to own, and there's a God part. There's a part only God can own. And together we are co-laborers. We are partners in growth. So three things and we are done. The first thing is this. The first part. We are going to look at three things. God part, my part. God part, my part. God part, my part. And that's it. The first one is this. God part is he invites. God invites. God invites. My part is to respond. Is to respond. You see, I cannot invite myself. Oh, you cannot invite yourself. But you can only respond. Listen, no, no matter if you, if you know this, I mean, I mean everyone that is spiritual and engaged God you know, knows this, that even when you fast and you pray and you seek God, you have to wait. They need to call you up. If they don't invite you, nothing, no, no shishi, nothing will happen. <laughs> if they don't invite you, they have to, John, the beloved, writing Revelation says, I heard a voice saying, come up either. That invitation, only God can give it. Only God can give it. And God invites us we must respond. There are people that God has invited you. God has, but you are not responding. God has invited you. But you are not responding. You are not responding. I'll give you a classic example. Years ago, I mean, when I first, earlier on in my work with God, I'll be in, maybe in the living room with my siblings and everybody may be talking or watching TV and I feel an invitation of God. I feel God calling me inviting me. Then I withdraw from my siblings. I go into the room. I go on my knees. I go on my face. And I'm just worshipping. I bless the name of the Lamb of Glory. I bless the name of the King of Kings. I bless the name of the Lamb of Glory. I bless the name of the King. And with my hands lifted up I will worship and sing, and with my hands lifted up, I come before you rejoicing. With my hands lifted up to the skies, when the world wonders why, I just tell them I'm loving my king. Whoa, 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 whoa. It starts by an invitation. Some of you, God has been inviting you to grow. You have to take the invitation.
you have to take invitation to prayer, you have to take it. Invitation to fasting, you have to take it. Invitation to purity, to holiness, you have to take it. Invitation to a walk with God, you have to take it. Invitation to come up, you have to take it. For you to grow. Ephesians 1.4 says, Even before he made the world, God loved us. He has been inviting us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God has been inviting us. God is saying, come, 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 Chinyere, come, 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 Chiamaka, come, 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 Yinka, come, Femi, come. Put your name there. Come, come, come. God is calling you. Romans 10.9 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, boom, you are saved. You know why? That's your own response. Because he has already called you. He has already called you. He has already called you. So the first thing, the first thing first is God's part. He invites our part is to respond. God's part is to invite. My part is I respond. Number two, is invited, I've responded. The next thing is this. God's part is that he teaches. God teaches. My part is I learn. I learn. God teaches, I learn. God teaches, I learn. John 14, 26 says, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. God teaches. That is God's part. My part is to learn. Hebrews 5, 10 to 14. The NIV says, we have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk. Being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature who are who by constant use, constant use, have trained themselves to distinguish good and evil. Constant use, constant engagement. It requires chewing, chewing. Chewing. Bone requires chewing. Meat requires chewing. But milk does not require chewing. Have you seen anybody chewing milk? No, 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 no. Something is wrong. You don't chew milk. Milk does not require work. Does not require chewing. But meat, strong meat requires chewing. Constant use. Constant use. So my job is to learn. My job is to regurgitate and engage and wrestle with the word of God. And anyone can put in the effort. Anyone with practice and repetition. You can learn of God. That's what God is saying to you today. 
His part is to teach you. He's teaching you. Even today, in this whole summer, he's teaching you. Your part is to learn. Your part is to learn and, and eat the bone. Eat the, eat the strong meat. So, God invites, I respond. God teaches, I learn. Number three, God transforms. He transforms, I surrender. He transforms, I what? I surrender. Avon taught me, he seeks to transform me. Avon invited me and I've responded. And Avon taught me and I'm learning. He seeks to transform me and it requires surrender. You have to surrender. It's like being the clay in the hands of the potter. You cannot say to the potter, the potter can break down the clay and make it into a new, a new vessel. You cannot say to the potter, what doest thou? You have to yield. You have to remain soft. You have to remain malleable. You have to remain adaptable. You have to go where the potter wants you to go. You have to become whoever the potter wants you to become. You have to surrender. There are many of us, God is trying to transform you. You are not surrendering. You are not surrendering. You are not surrendering. Some of us, you surrender a little bit. When we see that it's tough, we take back our lives. We are not surrendering. God is inviting you to surrender so that you can grow, so that you can grow. Can you dare to grow today? Can you have the boldness to surrender to Jesus? Can you have the boldness to surrender to God? 2 Peter 1, 3a says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a life, a godly life. When you surrender to God, you please him. You please him. You please him. The porter is pleased with the clay. He's pleased with the vessel that is made from the clay. You please him. Remember we started by saying that we should be the very best. We should be the very best that we can possibly be. But guess what? The very best thing that we can do, the very best legacy we can leave, is for it to be said of us. He pleased God. He loved the Lord, his God, with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his mind. He loved his father with everything he had. That's the greatest thing. And it can only happen when we yield to his invitation. We learn as he teaches us. And we surrender as he transforms us. I want to pray with you today. God is inviting you. It's your turn to respond. Only you can respond. Only you. For some of us, God is teaching you. Only you can learn. Only you can learn. Yet for some of us, God wants to transform you. Only you can surrender. The harp is going to come up and pray for these three categories. If you want to give your life to Jesus, that's the first category. You need to respond to God. Wherever you are, on the internet or in church, you need to respond to God. 